Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stacking the Box. Wildcard Weekend is in the books. We are uh, moving on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Eight teams uh, remain in the race for the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Myself, Ian McMillan, at Ian MacBets, joined, as always, by Sterling Holmes at Homestretch KC. Uh, Sterling, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Chiefs moving on, so things are good over here. I know you're punching air uh, up there right now, but uh, I feel for you more than anything. Why is that? Uh, well, she's move on. Yeah, Falcons don't. You lost well, some bets. Yeah, you know, I, I you lost this week too. I I feel a little bad, Ian. Yeah, yeah. I don't bets, mean to keep beating up on you. I, I mean, you know, it's very strange. Bets overall, bets have made off this show, and overall, I've had a good betting season, both like officially and my bets I've made with like my friends. But everything I give out on this show is crap. <laughs> Uh, and I've lost every bet, every pick that I've given out. Um, speaking of which, uh, Sterling, I did get around to uh, sending you your uh, Survivor uh, winning prize for for winning our Survivor competition. I don't believe you would have received it by now, though. You have not received it, have you? I have not received it. All right. So hopefully it shows up sometimes, uh, sometime this week. Uh, if it does, do not open it. Uh, I'll get you to open it live on air um, next week. Um, and if it's not there by next week then we might have some issues uh but whenever you get it don't open it uh but it has been officially uh, sent uh so you do have uh, a little prize on its way to you um and i still and now i still think i owe you a steak dinner for the falcons not winning a playoff game is that correct correct yes all right uh and then after that i think we're even yeah that, but that's just why i said i feel i feel for you it's just uh yeah, yeah. it is what it is uh, so yeah, obviously, uh, on today's show, we're going to talk wildcard weekend, uh, recap that and then preview, uh, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. But first, before we get into all that stuff, guess what? Football fans, DraftKings is offering a fantastic signup bonus, uh, ahead of the postseason, but also during the postseason. I'm assuming you can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. So if you tail my losing picks, it won't matter. You'll get the $200 $200 in bonus bets. Regardless, all you have to do is when you sign up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code STB. That stands for stacking the box. Using our code STB not only gets you these great bonuses, but also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code STB to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. All right. As always, Sterling, we're going to start with our biggest winners and losers. 
uh, from this past week. So in this case, uh, it's from the wild card round. Why don't you start us off? Uh, why don't we go biggest loser first? Yeah, Nick Sirianni. Come on now. Has to be yep. Sirianni. Hey, Sirianni, I don't hear bleep now. I mean, seriously, ever since he won his Super Bowl, which was beating Kansas City in what was it, like week 11, they've been absolutely two scoops of ass. Um, I'm going to be shocked if he does not get canned. Seriously, this was a ultimate collapse, which I know we'll talk about a little bit more in, in more detail a little later on. But I mean, you moved on from Doug Peterson after winning a Super Bowl just a year removed. You didn't just lose a Super Bowl, which congrats, you got there. You limped to the finish line and limped is putting it mildly. It was one of the ultimate collapses I have ever seen. He seems just like a bad dude. Like he just seems like a horrendous head coach. And obviously, as you see the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator to go to other places and have relatively successful first seasons there. You start to wonder, were they the people behind the success and not Sirianni? Um, I, I am so glad that after all of that smack, which I've never heard a head coach talk about to a fan base, like that was just wild to me. That's mm -hmm. happening to him. It's great. Yeah, one and six down the stretch. Their only win down the stretch coming against uh, the Giants. Um, and then they lost to the Giants in week 18. Uh, one of the greatest implosions of all time. Uh, the Eagles were nine and one. I'm just going to pat myself on the back here. The Eagles are nine and one heading into Thanksgiving when I tweeted, the Eagles are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. I uh, got ripped apart in my replies and DMs, and then they went on to go two and six. They did beat the Bills that weekend, but they went two and six down the stretch and lost to the lowly Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that wasn't even close. Uh, immediately from the jump, it looked like the Eagles didn't even want to be there. Um, do they Eagles fire Nick Sirianni, yes or no? Yes. Is that yes, they should, or yes, they will, or yes to both? Both. I mean, that, that team has so much talent this right. year. I mean, again, if you're the GM who uh, I, I think Howie, what's it, uh, Roseman, um, yeah. did a, an amazing job yet again. I mean, I, I truly think that he is one of the better GMs in the NFL. So much talent. And they didn't even look like they wanted to be there. Like, they gave up. The fact that he seemingly lost the team, that right, right there tells you all you need to know. Right. I mean, if I were to kind of – play the other side of this, play devil's advocate. I mean, how did, how do you fire a coach when his first three seasons, he go playoff, Super Bowl playoffs? Doug Peterson. I mean, he, he missed the playoffs that last week, but he literally, right. he went, he won a Super Bowl, right? Misses the playoffs and then gets canned. I, I, I mean, and he had no quarterback. They didn't, they had no idea what was going to go on at, at QB in the, in that, in that time. Right. So if you went to Doug Peterson, who won one, you definitely do it to a guy who lost one. Right. And I think and, and I think to your point, I don't I don't think it's just necessarily about the fact that they lost in the first round in the playoffs. It's that they completely imploded down the stretch. And by at least from an outside perspective, uh, it looks like they, he lost the locker room, which is obviously the big thing. Um, if those players don't want to play for him, there's no reason bringing him back. Niner gang loving it uh, in the chat. Uh, Eagles were tackling like the Dolphins in the minus 30 degree weather and this game was in Florida. Yeah, the Eagles from the opening, I should have just hammered the Buccaneers live bet them after the opening drive because the opening drive, uh, you could tell the Eagles, especially their defense, wanted no part of being in that game. Yeah, they are, they, if you lose the clubhouse, you should lose your job. Yeah, because that, that's the whole thing is if those guys don't want to play for you or even play for each other, it seemed like in that moment, you're mm -hmm. done. Game's yeah. over. 
Uh, my biggest loser is Dan Quinn, old Dan Quinn, who I'm quite familiar with, uh, former head coach of the Falcons. Uh, I think he's the biggest loser because heading into the playoffs, uh, people are talking about Dan Quinn uh, potentially being a head coaching candidate. And now after one playoff game, not only is he no longer really a head coaching candidate, he might get fired as a defensive coordinator from the Cowboys. He went from getting a promotion to maybe just not having a job whatsoever. That was one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen. Yeah, sure, the Eagles didn't tackle last night, but at least they didn't leave guys completely wide open. Uh, I've never seen that many wide open receivers in an NFL game, I think, before in my life. Um, I think Musgrave, uh, I read somewhere that he was literally the most wide open receiver in an NFL pass this season. Um, I don't know what the Cowboys did. They played a lot of man coverage this season and succeeded at it. And then in the playoffs, they played, for some reason, a lot of zone coverage and just got torched. Uh, they were extremely outcoached defensively um, to the point where Dan Quinn, like I said, went from a head coach candidate to probably at least possibly getting fired as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's you're completely correct. And I said going into that game, I said the, the Cowboys don't necessarily have a great defense. They're very aggressive, so they force a lot of turnovers, right? And if they're not forcing turnovers, they can get beat. And they got beat bad uh they didn't get those pick sixes that deron bland was seemingly getting every other week they weren't getting a whole bunch of 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 sacks of interceptions of pressures i mean you don't do that they're not just a good solid defense packers torched them yeah uh niner gang says is coach bill a falcon yet no the they had a meeting yesterday apparently mutual interest i'm starting to have to figure out what my feelings will be if the Falcons do hire Bill Belichick. But once again, and I think I said it last week, I'm not fully going to process my emotions on that until it actually happens. Cause I will have very complicated emotions. Uh, so let's not cross that bridge uh, just quite yet. Um, biggest winner of the week, Sterling, go ahead. Yeah. Jared Goff, man, Jared Goff. Yep. Um, beating your former team who gave up on you completely gave up on you. Which, again, I understand it worked out for the Rams. They won a Super Bowl with Stafford. But Goff, and they talked about it during the, the show, during the game, the whole time, was they, they had to build him back up. Well, he's back, I don't want to say the pinnacle, but as far as what he has ever been, he's at his pinnacle of his playing days right now. He's playing some damn good football. Um Seeing the Lions in Detroit just rally behind him was really cool to see. You know, I kind of felt bad to, to an extent for Stafford. He was getting booed. Like, he gave us blood, sweat, and tears there for a long time. And I know they say, you know, post-game, it's nothing personal. It's just that you're, you're now the opponent. I get all that stuff. Stafford was not happy post-game at all. If you heard by his post-game comments, he was not thrilled when asked about what it means for Detroit. He goes, I'm happy for the players. And that was that very short. But Jared Goff, man. Hat tip to you. You 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 came back, and now Detroit is your city. Very cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, good for Jared Goff. Uh, my winner is another quarterback, and that's Baker Mayfield, who kind of a similar situation. Teams have given up on him. Uh, nobody, not many people, really gave the Bucks a chance this year, even in the bad NFC South. I think the Bucks had the longest odds to win the NFC South. Nobody believed in Baker Mayfield. And sure, he's still kind of the same Baker Mayfield in the sense that he's very hot and cold. I don't know if there's another quarterback in the NFL that has as high of a ceiling, but as low of a floor. When he's bad, he's bad. Uh, but when he's good, like he was last night, he's very, very good. Uh, and he might have just won himself, you know, uh, another year as the Buccaneers quarterback. Uh, I think generally the thought was he was kind of a placeholder uh, in that position for the Bucs this year, and then they were going to try to address the quarterback position this offseason. 
I mean, how do you not give him another chance uh, after uh, leading them to a division title and now a win against the defending NFC champions in the first round of the playoffs? So uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, stock is high. Uh, remember, he didn't have a team for a good portion of last year. The Rams signed him late. He was a Rams quarterback for the last few weeks uh, in a meaningless season for them. They had already you know, been eliminated from the playoffs, and now he's back to being looked at as at least a, a starting quarterback. He's only 28 years old which seems like he would be like 31, 32. He's 28, going to be 29 in April. Um, You know, again, he's had, what, eight head coaches already in his time in the NFL. It's not all his fault. You know, if he gets to a spot with some sort of continuity, I think you'll see what you're seeing now with more consistency. Yeah, he'll have some up and down games, but quite frankly, even in this particular game, his numbers could have been way higher, but the Bucs were dropping everything in the first half. I mean, yeah. uh, Kate Otten had three drops. Uh, Mike Evans had two big drops on on some bombs. I mean, Baker Mayfield actually played better than the incredible box score indicates. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Niner Gang says, I like how Goff said, uh, yeah, two, yeah, I like how Goff said after the game, though, on the Cowboys again, Cowboys pulled the Cowboys. Obviously, they, they lost. Yeah, he probably wanted the Cowboys to uh kind of redeem that that loss from a few weeks ago but i, I don't think golf's going to be complaining about now getting to play another game in detroit and a much easier matchup for them for sure uh and then two redemption stories yeah next uh, next week and we'll get to it obviously a very interesting week especially in the, in the nfc but uh things have kind of opened up in a big way for the niners with that cowboys loss as well um all right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's recap this past week. Speaking of the Cowboys, let's start there because that's kind of been the uh, hot topic for a lot of people to discuss in terms of where do the Cowboys go from here? Uh, great regular season team. They are the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, of the NFL. Um, probably not a ton of NHL fans watching this right now, but a big market team uh, that has a ton of fans that always does really well in the regular season and then loses immediately in the postseason. Um, so I, I can relate to Cowboys fans, even though I'm not a Cowboys fan myself, where do they go from here? Do they bring back Mike McCarthy? Do they bring in a new head coach? Do they move on from Dak Prescott? Do they just kind of keep doing the same thing and hope they actually show up in the playoff game? Uh, a lot of question marks, Sterling, what do you think the Cowboys do? It's a really good question. You're trying to not be a prisoner of the moment, right? It's very easy to become a prisoner of the moment, but when they hired Mike McCarthy, it wasn't to have good regular seasons. It was right. he he had won a Super Bowl before. Yeah, it was only one, but he had still won a Super Bowl. You were trying to get over the hump. He's not gotten over the hump. This was as bad a loss as you could possibly have. Again, you lose by three on a game-winning field goal, different story. But again, when you get blown out at home, fair or not, changes are going to be made. Now, I think Dak Prescott keeps his job because it's almost like, okay, then who? Who do you replace Dak Prescott with? You're winning 12 games during the regular season. You go to a rookie, most likely you're not winning 12 games. I get that. So you're probably keeping Dak Prescott whether you want to or not, whether you think it's fair or not, you you, you keep the quarterback. There are a lot of damn good head coaches who are on the free, who will be on the market right now, right? Yeah. Dallas is probably one of the most desirable spots outside of the owner. It's if someone can be a puppet under Jerry Jones. If someone understands that if they win a Super Bowl, holy bleep, you're going to be plastered everywhere. You, you will become a hero in Dallas and for a large chunk of NFL fans. 
But you also have to realize if you if you lose first round, like Mike McCarthy did, you're probably getting canned. It's like the highest risk, highest reward type of coaching spot. Yeah, to be honest, I, I mean, I kind of have a hot take about this, and that's I judge playoff losses in the NFL a lot less harsh than I do in other sports because it's one game. So I know this this kills Cowboys fans. This is three straight seasons now, uh, and it's really it's kind of been the theme for them for like the past 20 years. They just get to the playoffs and lose. But it's not like the NBA. It's not like the NHL. It's not like Major League Baseball where you lose a series best of five, you know, in baseball. In, in the early goings, best of seven in the NHL and NBA. Uh, would, it do, would the Cowboys have lost a best of seven series to the Packers? I don't think so. And if they did, then I think that's a lot more of kind of damning evidence that you got to re- restart over. It's so hard to win just one game, win or go home uh, scenario. So that's why I'm actually a little bit more forgiving of this coaching staff and of Dak Prescott. I would probably just run it back with the same guys because three straight seasons of 12 and five uh, records. That's, that's good football. Now you got to get over the hump in the playoffs. I understand that, but I mean, winning these like winner go home playoff games where just like a couple of bad things happen and you lose. And then that's it. You don't get to come back tomorrow and try to even up the series. You don't have, you know, uh, a best of seven series. Uh, it's tough. I think you just, this is obviously a good team that knows how to win games. They beat good opponents this year. Um, I think you just kind of have to run it back, which is not probably a very popular take. But um, like Sterling, do you think if it's a best of seven series, you think they lose to the Packers? Doesn't matter. It's not a best of seven series in the NFL. Right. You, so, right. Like, but you can't build your team like that. And you can't have that thought process. You have to be ready to go game one. And you got to win. You're at home. Uh, the, again, I said going into this game, I go, these are two completely different teams. Cowboys have all the pressure. I tweeted before the game. I said, you know, if things go awry, Mike McCarthy's probably gone. If he wins this game, you might be looking at a contract extension for the guy. You know, and the Packers on the other side of things, they got nothing to lose. There's nothing there. They snuck in as a seven. Jordan Love this entire season was figuring out if he's the guy or not. He clearly is the guy. So this has already been a successful season for the Packers. They can play loose. They can have fun. They can go out there and and really not have a whole bunch to uh, to worry about. They can play with confidence. The Cowboys played tight, and to me, that's almost a um, indicative of the head coach. You know that they, they, they took the tightness. They took the oh, let's not make a mistake. And what happened defensively? All broken coverages, all mistakes. They played tight. Right. They weren't playing loose. Offensively, kind of the same thing. Early on, Dak Prescott threw with just some horrendous passes, including the pick six. Um, again, fair, fair or not, they're probably going to keep Dak, and I would, I would move on at head coach with so many good head coaches on the market right now. Yeah, maybe that's the move. Maybe the move is to keep Dak, and, and yeah, because to be fair, I'm, all, I mean, I'm, I'm on record saying I don't think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. So yeah. Sure, I'm down with that. Keep Dak, bring in a new coaching staff, and see what happens. You know, it's funny is I and I've been more, uh, I've been higher on McCarthy than you have, and we, right. we have differing takes here. Lions first playoff win since 1991. Obviously, feel good for them. Uh, do you actually think they can win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I do. I think they have the second best odds in the NFC, in my opinion. Now, the Niners have clearly the best odds, but I think the Lions showed us something. Right. They were able to actually keep down to an extent a really nice offense with the Rams. And they got torched by Puka Nakua. Don't get me wrong, but they really. Before the injury to Tyler Higby, 
they 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 had he he had zero catches, zero yards. Cooper Cup did hardly anything. They basically said, "All right, Puka Nakua, you go off, but we are going to stop everyone else." And they did. They were good in the run game for the most part. For the most part, right? You disagree? No, the run game, yes, but finish your thought. No, I, I think the Lions have a legitimate chance of winning a Super Bowl. Offensively, they have so many weapons. In fact, Sam Laporte was able to even go. Speaks volumes about his toughness. Again, Jared Goff is playing his best football, and Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is a top-five wide receiver, coupled with the fact that Jamison Williams is finally now starting to get involved. Josh Reynolds had a nice game. Um, I, I think the Lions are uh, – um, they got a legit shot here. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think the Cowboys have any chance, of, or sorry, the Lions have any chance of winning the Super Bowl. Now, I, I am cheering for them. I actually hope the Lions win the Super Bowl. I hope it's a Bills versus Lions Super Bowl, two fan bases who deserve one. Um, but no, uh, the Lions, I don't think, deserve to win that game against the Rams. They they were out-gained uh, 7.7 yards per play. That's how many the Rams got. I don't have the Lions number in front of me, but I think it was like 5.9. Uh, they gave up 9.4 yards per pass attempt. If Sean McVay didn't coach that coach that game like a moron the rams would have won that game oh and three in the red zone with terrible red zone calls uh they got the ball back with a minute left in the second half torching the lions defense and they had a full minute and three timeouts and they just ran the ball and like accepted the the score and went into halftime that was idiotic punting late in the game uh was idiotic didn't get the ball back uh i don't i actually was not impressed by what i saw from the lions in that game and their defense it gives me a lot of concerns. Now, luckily, they have a relatively easy matchup against the Buccaneers this week. We'll see. But um, I think they get torched by whoever they play in the NFC Championship if they do win. And if they do make it all the way to the Super Bowl, I don't care who they play. I don't care if they play the Texans in the Super Bowl. They're losing that game by double-digit points. So, uh, no, I actually don't think the Lions have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. I just, um, I just disagree with you, man. I, I just – I do. That's fine. That's fine. We don't have to agree on everything. <laughs> uh, Chris Albert, I want to address this as an AFC loser of the week is Kevin Stefanski. Um, I actually don't necessarily agree with that. Um, obviously, uh, losing in the in the first round of the playoffs is not ideal, um, but I don't think anyone's kind of blaming it on 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 the head coach. Uh, this is a guy who dealt with a plethora of injuries, especially offensively. Um, They're on Joe Flacco as their quarterback. Nick Chubb got hurt in the first few weeks of the season. Um, And then they went, they won 11 games and then lost to, uh, you know, a a Texans team that is certainly on an upswing. So um, I don't think people really, or at least I wasn't expecting the Browns to kind of go on a deep playoff run. I think they kind of got the most out of the season as they possibly could. Um, So I don't personally think Stefanski's a loser in the AFC. Yep, I agree with you, man. I, again, when you have gone through that many quarterbacks and you somehow still win that many games, um, very impressive. The defense being that big of a letdown, sure, but how much of that's on Stefanski? Um, yeah, I don't. It's one of the great mysteries of this NFL season is why the Browns' defense was so much worse on the road compared to at home. Um, not even close, like a bottom 10 defense when they're on the road. And then like by far the best defense when they were playing at home. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how a team can be that different from home in a way. Were they cheating when playing at home? Trash. I know that's a wild accusation. (laughs) I don't know if they're doing a Houston Astros trash cans thing, but I 
I just can't figure out how a defense can be so much worse, like not even close, so much worse on the road than compared to at home. Obviously, teams are always like a little bit worse on the road, but like the Browns, like I said, a bottom 10 defense on the road, and then at home, the best by a wide margin. It makes no sense. The same players. And normally you say defense travels. Right. So, I mean, there's not like there's reports coming out. The Browns did some cheating, but like I, I just don't know how that's actually possible. Um, and then we saw it on the road in the playoffs again. Their defense got torched. Uh, if that game was in Cleveland, they probably win. Uh, Eagles with an all-time implosion. We kind of already talked about this when we were talking about Nick Sirianni. Any final thoughts about the Eagles season? Uh, one of the one of the biggest implosions of all time. Well, Jason Kelsey obviously sounds like he's retiring. So yeah, this is about to be a different team. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, obviously getting older. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. There's some old dudes on that team. Um, Devontae Smith, you found out, looks like he could be legit wide receiver one. So him and A.J. Brown, that's great. Jalen Hurts took a step back, but how much of that is based on injury? Which, again, right. maybe we were all so – a little too quick to, to crown him as like a top five quarterback because he had one great year last year. It was incredible. But he didn't show a lot of that this season. Um Offensive line was good, but took a little bit of a step back too. Lane Johnson's not a young cat anymore either. Um, yeah, I, I think if you are the Eagles, you're looking at a, all right, how do we retool this while still being very competitive next year with a lot of high-end talent? Because there's still be a lot of talent on that team. But your two cornerbacks, your secondary, you have zero young cornerbacks who did anything. Your, off- or your defensive line who you've spent so much draft capital and money on a couple of guys are getting older and might retire while the other guys didn't do a whole bunch for the defense as in totality. Like, like, like Jalen Carter is great, but where are the results as a defense? Um, it'll be fascinating to see how this Eagles team tries to revamp going into the off season. Yeah, it is. Cause I think it could go one of two ways. I think they certainly have enough pieces and enough talent, even with some pieces kind of getting older, if they make the right moves in the off season, I think they could get back to being a Super Bowl contender or things could continue to implode and go the complete opposite direction. So uh, Eagles might have the most fascinating offseason of everyone. Uh, Whose fans are you more jealous of Texans fans or Packers fans? Because we talked about the Texans. Uh, You have the quarterback of the future. You have, you know, defensive pieces of the future. You have the head coach of the future. Uh, Now on as a cherry on top, you've won a playoff game. You're going to be in the divisional round. Packers actually in a very similar situation all of a sudden. Uh, looks like you got the quarterback of the future. Looks like the Packers have gone from Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer to, I mean, obviously I'm not going to call Jordan Love a Hall of Famer right now, but uh, a guy who looks like he's going to be the quarterback of the future for the team. Uh, I think the youngest team in the NFL, if not that, especially the youngest offense, uh, I believe they have a ton of cap room uh, to make moves this offseason. Looks like you got your coach of the future as well. Um, everything's looking just dandy for both the Texans and the Packers which fan base are you more jealous of and maybe the answer for you is neither because you're a Chiefs fan so yeah but it's just in taking that out of it for a second just in general I'd probably say Packers because they've gone as you mentioned from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to now it looks like a damn good franchise quarterback like that's just so nice. rare I Must mean that nice. is just so rare I mean you look at the Texans what what, what they had to go through they, they've went from Matt Schaub they finally get a guy they think is the guy and Deshaun Watson has some playoff success. Then all the off season stuff or the off the field stuff, the trade. And then you're like, Oh wow. And then you had a whole bunch of his horrible, horrible seasons. 
and then you get the guy. Yeah. You get the guy. So like they've had the the more or less normal fan base reaction of they've had some some struggles, right? You think right. you might get there, then you go, oh nope, we're not there. Like that's what the Chiefs did, right? The Chiefs had so many of those from the nineties to the two thousands, like Trent Green, like, yo, you make the playoffs. Right. And then you just consistently lose and you go through a period of, okay, well, let's try something new with Tyler Thigpen and Tyler Palco and Brady Quinn and, and Kyle Orton. And you just do all this stuff and you just keep losing, losing, losing. And you get Alex Smith and then you, then you're back up and then you get Mahomes. Right. But the Packers didn't have to do any of that. No, you know, the Packers right. haven't, haven't won a whole bunch of Super Bowls, but they haven't had to go through any of those legitimate, just horrendous seasons. Right. So for that, I think I would say Packers because, they're consistently good. Right. In terms of actually being jealous of a fan base, it has to be the Packers because the Texans, it's like, yeah, you're jealous of them now, but like I wasn't certainly haven't been jealous of them for the past 20 years. That's for sure. Whereas the Packers have missed the playoffs three times dating back to 2009. <laughs> so they're just in the playoffs every single year and you go from Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer to uh, Jordan Love. So yeah, I would say I'm more jealous of Packers fans. Actually, my, my best friend back home, uh, as a Packers fan, I hate it. Uh, he texted me right after this game ended. Uh, although the Falcons did beat the Packers this year. So that's that's the only thing I have over. Fact. Side. Fact. I was waiting for you to say fact. Fact. Uh, I actually tweeted out Falcons are three and one against the uh, division. The teams left in the divisional round. Uh, but that was and then I put fact. Actually, that was not a fact because I forgot about their loss to the Lions. So they're actually three <laughs> and two against the playoff teams left. Fiction. Someone corrected me. Yeah, fiction. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk with the Dolphins, Sterling, because uh, a lot of hate for the Dolphins after this uh, loss. Um, I was dead wrong about them. I thought they're going to beat the Chiefs. It turns out, truly, all you had to do is bet against the Dolphins when they play in cold weather. I thought that was oversimplifying things, but apparently that was the right move. Uh, immediately, they looked like they wanted no part of playing in that weather. Their defense didn't want to tackle. Their offense looked bad. Um, but now I'm seeing because of this loss, people are saying like, potentially move on from Tua like Mike McDaniel might not be a head coach like the Dolphins might need might need to even blow it up what are people talking about this is one road playoff loss to the Chiefs um and now people are saying these guys aren't good like Mike McDaniel still and I if he if they're gonna fire him please bring him to Atlanta I would love to have Mike McDaniel as a head coach Tua I would love to have Tua as a quarterback who's an MVP candidate for you know the majority of the season yes this loss looks bad for sure um, but the Dolphins are fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be in the playoffs again next year, potentially win the division. They're fine. What are yeah. your thoughts on the Dolphins? I'm with you, man. I, again, the the one worry I have is they, they do feel a little cowboy-like as far as they seem like they're going to be a really good regular season team for uh, the entire time these two guys are there. But will it translate to the playoffs? And I, the reason why I say I don't know how much it will translate is because I don't think Tua's getting better in the cold. They got to win the division. They got to have to. <laughs> yeah, they have to. Yeah, that, that's because, looking like a big thing. Because yeah. seriously, like, like just even him throwing the football, it was bad because the ball was getting there so slow. So, so yeah. I mean, I felt bad for the receivers at one point because they're all getting laid out. By the time they're catching the ball, Chiefs, Divas, Batchers, wait. I mean, they were laying dudes out. Like, they can't play in the cold. They just can't. So you have to win. And if you don't win your division when the Bills are still there, and that remains to be seen what happens going forward with them, they got a lot of decisions coming up. But it's not like the 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 uh, AFC East is just this easy conference now. I mean, who even knows next year with Aaron Rodgers coming back for the Jets? It, it, it is difficult because you don't move on. You don't move on because 
you know you're making the playoffs with these two guys there. And I think Mike McDaniel a, is a, an amazing head coach. Like, I think he's really, really good. He is what Josh McDaniel thought he was. Like, Josh, Mike McDaniel right. is who Josh McDaniel thought he was. Like, uh, this innovative mastermind, all that stuff. That's great. But I don't know how you move on from a quarterback who will consistently win you 10 to 12 games, who can run the offense that Mike wants. But, they, but then again, it comes to the massive caveat is you can't play in the cold. Super Bowls, luckily, are in domes, but you got to have home field advantage to get there. It's, it's just a fascinating dynamic to watch unfold because you can't move on. I, I don't see how you move on from either of these guys. And also, let's remember, two was a young quarterback. Mike McDaniel's a young head coach. He's going to learn how to call this offense better in these types of situations. And hopefully you got to think two is going to, I don't know, do something to figure out how to play in the cold. Uh, it also doesn't help that like the best teams in the AFC are all outdoor stadium cold climate teams. So <laughs> they got to get the number one seed or else at some point they're either going to have to go to Buffalo or Kansas City or Baltimore. Uh, it's not like the top teams in the AFC are Southern teams and they're not teams playing in, in, in a dome. Uh, maybe the Texans take one of the top seeds. And I mean, I'd be fine with the dolphins going to play in Houston. Yeah. In the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's just weird. And it, and it does have a feel to me. Like we're going to cons- five years from now, we're going to look back and be like, yeah, they were like the Cowboys where they went yeah. 25, 11 and six, almost every single year, maybe get the two seed perpetually. It feels like, and yeah. then get knocked out around first round when they are playing in wherever other place they're playing in. I guess this year they, they wouldn't do if they were a two seed, but you get my point here. Now, also, to be fair, though, they did lose in one game in the playoffs last year, but two was hurt. They went with Skylar Thompson, and they actually almost beat the Bills. So really, this is like one playoff loss that they had in the Tua plus Mike McDaniel era. So get a cold with their quarterback. Well, <laughs> just, 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 just the one game a year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, yeah, and he'll just sub in just for a road playoff game in Buffalo, and then other than that, you're fine. Um, Miami had a hard team beating teams with winning records over the last two years, says Dan Phelps. Yeah, yes. Um, but and I made this point. And this is why I was kind of on the Dolphins this, uh, this past week. They didn't get blown out in those games. Uh, they did get blown out by the Ravens, but they played the Chiefs tough. That was a one touchdown game. Uh, the Bills was a one touchdown game the second time they played them. Um, yeah, not a great. They did beat the Cowboys, but I mean, who knows about the Cowboys now? So, yeah, not a great record uh, against winning teams, but um, I still have faith that they're going to figure things out. Uh, like I said, young quarterback, young head coach. I, I think they can figure things out. Uh, let's move on to uh, a preview of the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, big storyline for the Chiefs, obviously, is this is the first road playoff game they will be playing in the Mahomes era. Uh, They have won a ton of playoff games. They have won two Super Bowls, but somehow have completely avoided playing on the road until now. They will head to Buffalo. They are two and a half point underdogs in Buffalo. Are you concerned with this being a road game for the Chiefs, or do you think they're going to be just fine? Not only is this the first road playoff game, the last, I think it's the last six times they played the Bills, it's somehow always been at Arrowhead. Uh, This is the first time they're playing in Buffalo since I think 2020. No, I'm not worried. Mahomes mm. actually has a slightly better winning percentage on the road than at home. It's because he's great at both. It does not matter. Um, everyone always likes to use, use this as a knock against Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm sitting here going, well, it's because they win so many damn games during the regular season. What do you want them to do? Lose and say, you know what? We don't want a home game. Right. We want an away game. The one time like they didn't really have a good year was the Titans getting the one seed, and then the Titans right. got knocked out. So, right. And then they hosted the Bengals, but they yes. lost to the Bengals. So 
No, I think this is such an overblown storyline. And by the way, mm. I think Mahomes is better in bad weather games than Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen's solid in bad weather games. I'm not disagreeing, but Mahomes has shown that it does not affect him at all. Like yeah. I've always said, if you are the Bills, why the hell don't you want to build a retractable roof just for the Josh Allen era? Like what makes the Bills so great is when Josh Allen's throwing the ball downfield and doing those crazy throws and crazy things that only he can do, him and Mahomes pretty much. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to limit him and limit your offense by playing in the playoffs when games matter more, and now you have to all of a sudden use James Cook in your running game, which you're not built around, and that becomes more important. I've never understood that from the Bills' perspective. Um, but yeah, I this does not bother me whatsoever, Mahomes playing on the road. I don't think, like, I'm not going to bet on the Bills just because Mahomes is playing on the road in the playoffs for the first time. I, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. I think it's a storyline in the sense that it's interesting because we just haven't seen it yet. But I agree, it's not like, oh, rush to go ahead and bet the bills because the chiefs can't win on the road. They obviously can win on the road. They do in the regular season all the time, uh, but it will be interesting. It's going to Maybe suck. It doesn't have an effect. And it's going to suck too. If the chiefs lose, this is going to become an actual right. thing, even though he'll have lost literally he'll be Oh, and one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many upsets will there be this week? Now we are both one off last week. There were three upsets. It was the Texans, the Packers and the Buccaneers. Uh, you guessed two upsets. I guessed four upsets. So we're, we, Got sandwiched in the middle. Uh, how many upsets do you think there will be in the divisional round? Just four games. There's four games. So your options are Texans and Ravens. Uh, so Texans, Packers, Bucks, and Chiefs are the f- four underdogs. I'm going one. I think I think uh, there's going to be one. That's the obvious answer because it's actually a pretty lopsided divisional round. The Texans, Ravens, nine and a half point favorites, 49ers, 10 point favorites, Lions, six point favorites. The only spread within a field goal or less is the Chiefs and Bills. So yeah. I, mean, I assume you think the Chiefs are the ones that pull off the upset. We'll I'll find out. <laughs> I'll go different and I'll say two. I think there'll be two upsets. Okay. Um, who would you rather bet on to win the Super Bowl right now of the teams that are kind of in the I would say maybe the third tier, because I think right now you have the first tier teams, which are obviously the Ravens and 49ers. You have the second tier teams, uh, which are the Chiefs, Lions and Bills. And then you have this third tier teams, the Texans, Packers and Bucks Packers uh, being the only wildcard team to win uh, this weekend, uh, which is kind of interesting. In the AFC, the four division winners won. And then in the NFC, three of the four division winners won. Packers, the only true wildcard team to win. Uh, which team of the of Texans, Packers, Bucks, which I think would be fair to say are the third tier teams left, uh, would you rather pick to go on and win the Super Bowl? Probably the Bucks because they have the really e- they have the easier route. I don't think they're the the, the yeah, best sure. of the three yeah. teams. I think they're actually the worst of the three teams. But I think Detroit again. I I like Detroit. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying if you're going to say Ravens or Niners who look like juggernauts, or right. the Lions who again they're not in that tier who they don't have a good secondary and the Bucks throw the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Baker Mayfield's playing some damn good football and a high scoring shootout. Anything can happen. I, I think you'd go with the Bucks. And then from there you take it one game at a time, but that, that, that's the way I'd go. I, I would say of those three, I'd probably say Bucks. Yeah, if anyone's curious of the odds, obviously 49ers and Ravens uh, top two plus 175 plus 270, then a bit of a drop off in the Bills plus 490, bit of a longer drop off than the Chiefs lines plus 700 plus 900, but then a massive drop off. And then they have the Packers 30 to one, Buccaneers 33 to one, 
Texans 33 to one. So odds wise, the Packers have the slight best chance of the three. I think I would actually go the Texans. Mm. Uh, toughest path, obviously. Uh, but the Ravens have had playoff issues in the Lamar Jackson era. I think he's only has one playoff win, um, I believe. Um, and even though I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC, haven't kind of proven themselves in the playoffs the past few years, um, and they have a very explosive offense, and their defense can stop the run. Uh, whereas the Packers, good offense, but their defense is terrible, and the Buccaneers... If they're playing of- better, oh. hey, c- come on. As, no, as much fun as it, it is, is to rip on the Packers defense and with Joe Brady, they, they've been a little better as the season's uh, come to its conclusion. Disagree, they were solid in the in the playoff game. I know I know the Cowboys eventually put up a ton of points, but they were looking pretty darn good. Yeah, I, th- I still think they suck. I think that was just a I think that was more Fluke. of a matter of the Cowboys sucking than the Packers defense being good. Um, but maybe Packers did get hot to close the season. Um, but yeah, of those three teams, I would actually go the Texans. Um, what else do we got here? Um, can the, we already talked about whether or not the Lions can win the Super Bowl. So let's go ahead and break this down game by game. Now, when we go through this, I actually don't want your pick this first portion for this first portion. We'll get your picks when we break down our best bets for this week. Um, but I do just want to get your general thoughts on each of the divisional round games. Uh, Texans, once again, if they are playing a playoff game, they will play the first slot on Saturday. It is tradition. Don't know why. Uh, it's been the case for like every playoff game they've been in in their entire existence as a franchise. Once again, the first game on Saturday is the Texans visiting the Ravens. Ravens, as we mentioned, are big-time favorites. Um, can the Texans win? And if they do, what's their path? Yeah, I think they can win, and they can they can do it by what we have seen all season long, which is C.J. Stroud throwing deep to whoever is going to catch it, whether that's Tank Dell, who obviously is out this game, which, again, I think that's the biggest difference maker for me. Uh, but obviously you have Nico Collins, who stepped up as a bona fide wide receiver, uh, wide receiver one. Dalton Schultz has been a really good signing. Uh, their offensive line has been pretty dang nails. Um, running the football has been a little inconsistent at times, but – I think offensively they have the firepower. The issue is they're going up against a great defense in the Ravens who can do it at all three levels. And then the Ravens offensively have a massive advantage over the Texans defense. I think the Texans are a really fun team. This is just a bad matchup for them, in my opinion. Uh, I do just want to address a couple things uh, in the chat here. Hunter says Bucks are a fun upset pick. Um, not fun for me because as for every win the Bucks get, I'll just imagine it could have been the Falcons. Um, and Jalen says Packers. Um, yeah, Packers obviously have a huge test ahead of them. But I mean, if the Packers beat the 49ers, um, that could be in the Super Bowl easily. Um my thoughts for Texans Ravens. I think the number one thing we need to keep an eye on in this game, which I think makes this game interesting is the Texans have a top three run defense uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think they're second in opponent yards per carry uh, sixth in opponent rush EPA first in opponent rush success rate. So they have, in my opinion, a top three run defense. What team runs the ball more than any other team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. So not saying the Texans are going to pull off the upset, Uh, But they have a path to victory, and it's shutting down the run game of the Ravens, which they've shown they've been able to do throughout this year. I think last week against the Browns, they kept the Browns to like 2.3 yards per carry, completely shut down the Browns running game. Um, So that is going to be extremely interesting. Now, can C.J. Stroud throw against, you know, a top two pass defense in the Ravens? 
they'll have to if they want any chance. But I the run game, the run defense of the Texans, I think, is the storyline in this game. I really wish Tank Dell was playing because I think that would make this way more interesting. If Tank Dell was playing with the way Nico Collins is playing, basically ever since he went down, I mean, yeah. you you then have two legit great wide receivers coupled with a couple of nice pieces and then also Dalton Schultz. I I, I just I'm bummed and hopefully next year we'll see them at full strength. But um but that is interesting about the uh Texans run defense. I didn't know they were that good. That yeah. that's that's good to know. Uh obviously it is worth mentioning this is a rematch of the week one matchup between these two teams. The Ravens beat the Texans 25 to 9, but I mean we can probably wipe that clean. It was CJ Stroud's first ever NFL start. He actually had a solid game, 20, uh, completed 28 of 44 passes for 240, 42 yards. Not a ton of yards and no touchdowns, no interceptions as well, though. Um, but yeah, this is a rematch. But I think week one, I think we can kind of forget that. It's not like this is a recent game. And the Texans obviously only got better. I mean, they lost to the Falcons in the middle of the season as well. So yeah. Texans obviously got a lot better as the season went on. Uh, Packers against 49ers is the Saturday night game. 49ers double-digit favorites, 10-point favorites at home to the Packers. Packers obviously coming off the biggest upset of the wild card round, uh, beating up on the Cowboys. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, I think the Packers, they have to be aggressive. They have to do what they did against the Cowboys. You have to come out first and punch them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's the only chance they have. Like if they come out first and let's just say they score two early touchdowns and then you're all of a sudden somewhat making the 49ers more one-dimensional offensively, then I think you have a a good chance in that game. Yeah. But if it's close the whole way and let's say the Packers, let's say Jordan Love throws an interception. Let's say you go three and out early on and the Niners can lean on you by running with McCaffrey, running with, um, you know, Elijah Mitchell. All of a sudden you see Debo Samuel getting involved and they can take their time and have these long eight minute drives where they just crush your hopes and dreams. Yeah, that's over. You got you got to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands. He's been good all season long. He's been great all season long. But if you're going to try and beat the Niners, that's the way you go. You have to try and force Brock Purdy and the team to play from behind. That's your only option. This is the one of the few times I would ever say if the Packers win the toss, you take it. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And I think, I mean, we saw that in, in the game uh, against the Cowboys. When you're a double-digit favorite in the playoffs, if you can score first against that team, then all of a sudden, like, it puts that team, like, a little nervous because they're obviously they're going into the game thinking, yeah, we should win. Uh, all of a sudden, you're down 7 nothing. It's, oh, shit, we got a game. Um, and that throws things off. Now, the opposite is also true. I think if a big favorite scores first or if they get a big defensive um, stop and then go down and score, then it's like, yeah, we're big favorites for a reason. We're now going to steamroll them. So, in these games, the first possession for each team is massive. And we saw how it affected the Packers-Cowboys game. When the Packers went down and scored right away, um, Cowboys got nervous immediately. Yeah. And then it was over before you knew it. So is that going to happen to the 49ers? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If I was the Packers and I won the coin toss, give us the ball and let's go and try to set the tone. Um, I think the only way the Packers can win this game um, is uh, in a shootout. I don't think the Packers defense is good. 20th in opponent yards per play, 23rd in opponent EPA, 26th in opponent success rate. Now you take on the 49ers offense, uh, which is first in just about every single offensive metric. So 
I think the only way he can win this is a masterclass offensively by Jordan Love, which he has shown at times. He showed it last week against the Cowboys. That's the only way. If Jordan Love doesn't have his A game, if they have a few hiccups, even one bad turnover, the game's over. Um, They need to play an almost perfect game offensively, I think, to win this game. Uh, Now, obviously, covering the spread could be a little bit of a different story. It's a double-digit spread, but if we're just talking about what team's going to win, the Packers can do it, but they they need to play a perfect game offensively, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Hunter says Packers 29th in rushing yards against after first contact. Probably not a great stat Hunter. That's probably not good when you're playing against Christian McCaffrey. Um, Jalen says, what's interesting about this matchup is Shanahan and Lafleur. I think come from this. Yeah, they come from, uh, uh, yeah, the same. I mean, they were both uh, with the Falcons at one point. People forget, uh, the Packers defense Falcons had, uh, Shanahan as their offensive coordinator, Matt Lafleur and Mike McDaniel on the same coaching staff. And they all left. It's like Washington. Um, we look back at Washington right. and they had yeah. like all these dudes. You're like, oh, they somehow got it all wrong. Yeah. The Falcons let all those guys go and then we hired Arthur Smith. So that was fun. Um, only way Packers win will be major injuries. Well, let's only way. Come on. The Packers have other ways to win than just Brock Purdy getting hurt. They could win. They could win an offensive shootout. I could see that. Um, all right. That does it with Saturday's game. Sunday's games. The first game is the Buccaneers against the Lions. Uh, we obviously, uh, you're pretty high on the lines as we talked about earlier. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts in this game? Did the lines just run away with it? No, 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 no. I think this would be a fun one, man. This is going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. It's the Buccaneers strength against the lions weakness. It's, um, the, the bucks played some great defense. Bucks played some great defense in their win. I, I was very impressed. They were flying around out there. Uh, was it Dean? The number, was it 34? That, that secondary member was everywhere. I mean, his, his ability to tackle was incredible in that game. Um, I expect this to be a very high-scoring game. Like, I think this will be a shootout, which makes it more of a coin flip to me. But I don't want to give my score away just yet. But as far as games to watch, this might be my favorite one that I, the Chiefs aren't in just to watch. Because I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. Yeah, um, I do like Baker Mayfield a lot, but I just I obviously can't cheer for the Buccaneers. Um, I will be cheering for the Lions. I think the Lions, the Lions, and as I mentioned earlier, the Lions defense gives me a lot of concern in every single playoff game. They have to win in a shootout almost every single time. Now, what they did against the Rams, which was huge, was to get red zone stops. Uh, If they can stop the Buccaneers and force them to field goals against uh, instead of touchdowns, they should be able to win this game. Uh, if they don't, they could run into some trouble. Um, actually, offensively, too. Uh, the uh, Lions went for three for three in the red zone against the Rams. They might have to do that again uh, against the Buccaneers. So I think the storyline of this game is actually the red zone offense for both teams because I think they're both going to move the ball, but can they convert red zone trips to touchdowns instead of field goals? That's going to be the difference maker. Hmm. Uh, Chiefs first Bills. Once again, uh, the Bills have lost to the Chiefs two of the last three years in the playoffs. Uh, This time they get to host them. Um, The other two games were all-time classics. Uh, Obviously, the Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left, led the uh, Chiefs down the field for a game-tying field goal, won in overtime. is one of the great playoff games of all time. Uh, Will we see another instant classic this time around? Uh, No. Oh. You think it's a blowout? No, but I think it's more of a... Low scoring, grind it out. I don't think you're seeing a game where you're like, oh, yeah, that's 30, 38 to 35. 
Right. I, I think you're looking at more of a 20 to 17, mm. 20 to 14. Well, that, that's what the regular season game was, right? I think that yeah, was, it was 2017, 2017 yeah. the exact final score. Yeah. And I think that's what you're going to see. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a, a great game. But when you look at like what comes down as an instant classic, you're not going to think of this. Of a 20, yeah. Um, I, to me, the key is how do the Chiefs linebackers face up against Josh Allen when he runs the ball, James Cook catching the ball, and then the 12 personnel of Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. We saw last week in the playoffs, we saw Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton play together. That's massive. But when the Bills run a lot of 12 personnel, and when that happens, you're going to have more of a traditional base package out there. Defensively, is more of a 4-3. When that happens, that means Willie Gay or Leo Chanel is going to be out there as well. How do they handle this? The linebackers have been as good as they've been overall. Teams have tried to attack them through the air in that spot. If the Bills have the advantage there, that makes me nervous. But if those guys step up, it's going to be difficult for the Bills to move the football because Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed are, the, in my opinion, the best cornerback tandem in the entire NFL. So you have to do it in between the hashes. And if the Chiefs slow you down there, the Bills are going to have a real difficult time getting to 14, 21 points. Um, I think the Bills should not even think about throwing the football in this game. Mm-hmm. Run the ball. I don't care if it's third and 10, run the football. And that, that means uh, quarterback design runs as well. They yeah. threw the ball 40-something times against the Chiefs. And even though they beat them earlier this year, I actually thought the Chiefs outplayed the Bills for the large part. They did outgain them 5.6 yards per play to 4.5 yards per play. Uh, and it's because the Chiefs top three pass defense in the NFL. I think the top three secondaries this year were the Browns, the Ravens, and the Chiefs struggled to stop the run at times. James Cook averaged 5.8 yards per carry against them, but he, he only got 10 carries. Don't can even I, think about throwing the football. Can I point something out? I will say yes. Drew Tranquil went out early in that game with a concussion, mm-hmm. so he he was out. And then that was Nick Bolton's first game back from his arm injury. So he had this massive cast on. And as we saw, um, again, w- just watching every single Chiefs game, he kind of struggled when he got back because he had to figure out how to tackle with like zero mobility there. And now he's back and he has a little more interesting cast on where he can actually have some hand movement and stuff like that. So he's back to being normal to an extent. When he first came back, it was a little bit of a struggle there. Just want to throw that out there. Sure. I still think the path to victory for the, for the Bills is to do what they did against the Cowboys. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, let me ask you this as a Chiefs fan. When I grow up and I think of classic quarterback matchups in the playoffs, I think of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Is this generation's version of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, is it Mahomes against Allen or Mahomes against Burrow? Or do we not know yet? It's a great question. Can it be all three? Like, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like all three in any given season, you know, they have the chance. And if you don't throw Lamar Jackson in the equation, I'll, I'll for sure entertain that one as well. The issue is it's been Mahomes time and time again coming out on top. Someone eventually, Joe Burrow did it once. Right. But eventually someone needs to knock them off and almost stay at that high level. Issue is Burrow has been injured a couple of seasons and Josh Allen's not had the traditional playoff success. 
Uh, Jalen Butler says, I'll say this again about the Bills. Uh, they're overrated, uh, but this is going to be a great game. Both teams play a complete game. The Chiefs should win. The Bills' injuries will catch up to them. I have a question, which I hadn't thought of until right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Bills? Why am I blanking on his name? Who's the guy they signed from the Packers who's like uh, uh, Rizal Douglas? Is he is he good to go this week? Because he didn't play against the Steelers. Uh, I saw him listed as questionable so far. His health is going to play a huge role uh, uh, in the uh, the Bills' chances against the Chiefs. I will say the Bills' injuries, which Jalen, great point. It's very concerning. Their best like three linebackers are out. Tre'Davious White's out. Um, Von Miller is two scoops of ass. Yeah, Von Miller is washed. horrible. Um, you know, Gabe Davis, did he not play last week? Correct? He did not. He did not. Yeah, play. I mean, I mean, the, the, the Bills have just a uh, absurd amount of injuries. Uh, I just looked up Razul uh, Douglas on Twitter. This comes from Tim Graham, um, who... Yeah, he's a, he's a Bills guy. Um, says... Uh, Bills cornerback Razul Douglas told me in the locker room he felt he was ready to play, but the team held him out. Douglas said uh, he'll play next week against the Chiefs. So as, if that's correct, that's obviously huge for the Bills. They sure. got to get back as many injuries as possible. Uh, Gabe Davis, Tyrell Dodson, Balen Spector, Christian Benford, Tyrone Johnson, Taylor Rapp, Sam Martin. Um, that's the list of guys that need to come back this week and get as many of those guys as possible. So that, that, that's something to keep an eye on. All right. That was our preview. We left just enough time to give out our best bets for this week. So let's, uh, Sterling, you went two and one last week. Uh, both of us lost our spread bets. I was on the Dolphins. You were on the Eagles. Eagles. Uh, both of us won our over our total uh, over under bets. Um, I was on the over between Packers Cowboys. Easiest bet of the week. Uh, you were on the under in Buccaneers Eagles. I was on the over in that game. Um, it, it was on pace at halftime and then, Offense completely shut down in the second half. Doesn't help when the Eagles only scored nine points. Uh, but you hit the under there. Uh, and then when it came to the upset, I lost on the Rams. You won on the Texans. So you went two and one. I went one and two. What's your best spread bet for the divisional round? Yeah, I'm going with uh, the Texans plus nine and a half versus the Ravens. I think the Ravens win. I think the Ravens win. But nine and a half is a lot of points, especially. You kind of help sway me a little bit more, too, here when you – talked about how good the Texans run defense is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Texans to cover in this game. Yeah, I love that play. Uh, I'm going to go with the other big spread, but I'm going to take the favorite. I think the 49ers beat up on the Packers. I just think the Packers defense, I think for the pa- for the Packers to say in this, I think they're going to need to score on every single offensive drive, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a little bit of a Jordan Love, come back down to earth, show the fact he's a first-year starting quarterback kind of guy. I think it's a big sell-high spot of the Packers here. So I'll, I'll take 49ers to cover the big spread against the Packers. Favorite total bet of the week? Uh, I'm going Bucks lions over 48.5. Again, I said both defenses, both secondaries in particular, I think can be taken advantage of. Uh, I expect to see a very high-scoring game. Uh, I'm going to go Texans Ravens under 45 and a half. Uh, I talked about how the Texans have a top three run defense. That's going to be huge against the Ravens, but then the Ravens have, in my opinion, the best secondary, and that's going to be huge against the Texans because the Texans 
Uh, I have it in my notes here. 72.1% of the offensive yards gained by the Texans come through the air. That's the second highest mark in the NFL. So the Ravens run the ball more than anyone else. Uh, The Texans get the second highest percentage of their yards through the air. And now it's the best run defense or a top three run defense and a top, in my opinion, top one. It's inarguable, at least top three pass defense in the Ravens. So it's the defensive strengths match up well against the offensive strengths for both teams. So I think we're going to see a low scoring one between the Texans and the Ravens. Um, And then upset of the week. Now I put my picks in first. Um, I did not take the Chiefs because I I left that one for you. So I'm going to assume I haven't looked, but I assume you're taking the Chiefs over the Bills. Uh, Correct. You did. And I wanted to say thank you. Your largesse knows no bounds because, yes, I am taking Chiefs over Bills. 13 seconds was the start. Beating the Bills in Buffalo will be the finish of this current iteration of the Buffalo team. Again, I think the Bills are going to be a really good team for a long time, and they have Josh Allen there. But when you look at the age and the injury and the contracts coming up, I think you're going to see a completely different Bills team, especially if they lose to the Chiefs at home this week, which, again, yeah. I think happens. Um, you know, I, I don't always like saying a team has another team's number, but it does feel like the Chiefs have the Bills number when it comes to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the obvious pick for upset. It's kind of the only small spread of the week. Um, I would have made that my pick, but I left that uh, for you being the Chiefs guy. Um, I am not, we can double down, baby. No, I'm not going to double down. I'm going to go a little bit of a hotter take. Now, I'm not personally actually placing this bet, I am placing the bet on this team to cover, but for the sake of the show, I'll make this my upset pick of the week because I do think they can win. Uh, I'll take Buccaneers over Lions. I just think with the Lions defense, I think they're live to lose any week. Um, their defense is the worst amongst all playoff teams. I think they're yeah 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt specifically 25th in opponent dropback EPA 25th in opponent dropback success rate. And now you're taking on uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, who might be the most underrated tight end in the NFL. Now it depends on what version of Baker Mayfield shows up. If it's the same Baker Mayfield we saw last night, the bucks might win this game. If it's the Baker Mayfield we saw against the Panthers in week 18, the lions win by 20. It comes down to what version of Baker Mayfield shows up. I'll say the other thing uh, that's uh, interesting to keep an eye on, and I talked about a little bit earlier, but the red zone offense for both teams. Uh, Lions have one of the best red zone offenses in the NFL. We saw that uh, this past weekend against the Rams. Uh, Actually, second best red zone touchdown scoring offense in the NFL. But now they take on the Buccaneers defense, which that's their biggest strength is red zone defense. Third in the NFL uh, an opponent red zone touchdown scoring percentage. So if the Buccaneers can keep the Lions to field goals instead of touchdowns, Buccaneers might win this game. I'm so that they're my upset pick. It's it's a fun one. It's a fun one. Uh, yeah. So there you have it. That is the uh, I guess the divisional round uh, episode of Stack in the Box. Um, Sterling, you will hopefully get uh, your prize for winning Survivor um, by next week. I can't wait, baby. Uh, so there you have it. Um, what is it? I, I want to know what it is. Like, I, I is it funny? Is it useful? Is it useful. awesome? It's useful. It's useful. Okay. It's useful with a funny twist. Okay. Um, okay. I actually think I think the package actually has my name on it, so you'll know when it shows up. Okay, good. I didn't put good. your name on the package, so if a package shows up for Ian McMillan, that's your gift. Don't open it. Perfect. 
Um, all right, that's our show. Uh, please uh, hit like on this video. Subscribe to the Stack in the Box YouTube page. If you're listening to the audio version, rate and review this podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Ian MacBets at HomestretchKC. Sterling, any final thoughts? Man, I am so excited for playoff football. It's just such a great time. Now, The uh, so much is on the line. I mean, just so much. I know last week, obviously, but it just feels like just right now, so much on the line. You have two upstart teams with the the Packers and the Texans. You have your powerhouse with the Chiefs. You have the two best teams this season overall with the Ravens and the Niners. And, oh, yeah, throwing a team that won its first playoff game in 30 years in the Lions, shaping up to be an amazing divisional round. Yeah, hopefully we get some closer games than we saw in the wild card because, what, five of the six games ended up uh, being blowouts by the end of it. So let, let's root for some closer games here in the divisional round and uh, let's have some fun. Um, all right. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about uh, the divisional round and preview the conference championship weekend. Uh, should be fun. Uh, talk to you all then. Best of luck if you decide to bet this week and do it at DraftKings. Use promo code STB when you sign up for an account. See ya. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.